Good evening, everyone. This is uh, Jerry Lee uh, uh, stepping in here for the Manifester. We're so happy to have you with us this evening. And uh, it's getting closer and closer to Christmas, isn't it? God bless you for being here and listening and uh, for the good following that we've had. Uh, we just are so appreciative of that. And uh, we do feel that um, there is many, many interesting uh, things ahead that are going to be nothing but exciting. Today's uh, broadcast will be um, very deep, very exciting, and um, <clears throat> we'll just uh, dig into it here in just a few minutes. Uh, we will also have uh, later uh, a time of uh, Gentile, that's generative touch, uh, a time of healing. Uh, we're going to concentrate tonight on um, uh, thyroid problems, uh, particular thyroid problems, which we will name and describe, and uh, be dealing uh, with that uh, for our healing uh, service. But in the meanwhile, we're into um, In Search for Angels, and this is number four. So this evening, I want to take you a thousand points of blue shifts into the skies that roam amidst the heavens where angels trod. To do this, we need to observe the whole context of the Bible and its full global and spiritual applications via the Holy Spirit. We have been talking about many interesting things, photo transition, photo translation, states of transport that a person can do with their spiritual mind, talked about dimensions, uh, we have talked about the effect of time, Talk, we talked about when uh, Gabriel appeared to um, Daniel and showed him in a relevant, important way, the real meaning of the time that was applicable to him and his people and what they must be aware of. We know that even in the days of, uh, of Moses, that there was a revelation of time. Uh, in Numbers 14.34, it talks about a ratio that developed there uh, because of people's sins. Uh, so that um, uh, each day that these people had neglected to do something of God, uh, they had to live out a year for it. So a day became equal to a year uh, of what they had to work out to make up for that day missed. And there's just so many things. Uh, you know, people, the Bible talks about entertaining angels unaware. There are good angels, there are bad angels, there are fallen angels. Uh, there's the dead in Christ, the general dead, the dead in Abraham's bosom. Uh, there's the special understanding of the memory. And we found and discovered quite often through the scriptures that angels take flesh bodies. And uh, there's different names for angels, uh, ophidims. Seraphims, cherubims, uh, watchers, it's all interesting. It's all 
actually quite exciting uh, when we begin to examine all these uh, possibilities. We know that when Jesus came to earth as a child, he was introduced by angels. Uh, we know the Garden of Eden was closed by angels. We can be very uh, sure that it was opened by angels. Uh, angels uh, uh, have been used uh, throughout the course of the history of the world. And if there's any subject uh, uh, that is important along with the major subjects, it has to be such a subject as this in search of angels because we need to know a lot of things about this revelation that um, uh, is interwoven and penetrating throughout the entire Bible, Old and New Testament. We, we know that uh, uh, there is a lot of misunderstanding about angels. Even in the times that the angels appeared, the angels frequently had to tell the people they appeared to, don't be afraid. Uh, there was misconstrued uh, information. Uh, there was uh, uh, misadvised information that had been given. And uh, people thought that uh, to see an angel was like seeing God. And, and if they saw God in any of those forms, they would die. Uh, they were just misinformed, and that created a fear. And as a result, many of these people uh, did not want to see an angel. And, and, uh, and the ones that uh, did have an appearance, the angels had to very emphatically say to them, don't be afraid. It's okay. You're going to be all right. You're, nothing's going to happen to you bad, and so forth. And then we know, according to the Bible, that um, there's been war between the good angels and the bad angels. And we know that there are special kinds of, not only time as we mentioned, the special uh, considerations of measurement, so that as how we would consider dimensions and the application of the meaning of those dimensions, how we would consider weights and measures, uh, such as in the Holy Articles, um, as to their significance, uh, meaning, and proxy, uh, has to do with um, a very deep understanding. And we could see that in Revelations 21:17, King James Version, where it says, according to the measure of a man, that is of the angel. We see that um, the revelation, although it can come through the human uh, revelation and human intelligence, nevertheless remains to be an angel's measurement, the measure of an angel. We also know that even though the Bible says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, <clears throat> that when it says not by power, uh, we have to understand it's not talking about, uh, about spiritual power. It's talking about um, uh, not by uh, physical might, not by physical power. That's what it's referring to. But by my spirit. Because we know that um, uh, there are many, many scriptures about the kingdom power of God. Uh, 1 Corinthians 4.20 uh, The kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Uh, 
and this famous one here um, in Matthew. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. So, so we can begin to see how important it is and significant uh, to understand, well, what exactly does power mean? Uh, the Son of Man hath power to heal sicknesses. Uh, that's mentioned in the book of, uh, of Matthew. Um, Jesus gives advice to his disciples, Luke 24:49. Tarry until you be endued with power from on high. Um, John 17:2 speaks of the Son has power over all flesh. First um, Corinthians 2:4 demonstration of the Spirit of the power of God. Uh, Hebrews 1:3 upholding all things by the word of His power. Um, on and on and on. Um, uh, Revelations 2:26 power over all nations. Um, it is so important to understand this power, this amtricity of God, this ability to trigger it, uh, to, to set it into uh, motion, to use it uh, as, as an uh, energy for good and, and as an energy upon which the love of God rides. Um, it is the ability, the capacity, the potential uh, the intelligence, the gift, the vigor, the control uh, of, of the energy of God's Spirit. And uh, it is a beautiful thing that uh, God has made available. There is so much to talk about when we uh, speak about the hereafter. Uh, we talked about Abraham's bosom a little teeny bit just in the mention of it, Luke 16:22 through 31. Uh, we know there um, is the revelation. Uh, we know there is the revelation of um, of Paul to the third paradise. Uh, there is just uh, so much that it is uh, quite incredible uh, as to all the meaning and significance uh, of of what uh, is going on. So uh, keep this in mind as we take this journey. Uh, and we uh, move through these blue shifts. Uh, this is an exciting time. So, dear friend, um, we're gonna we're going to talk about as much as we can. There's so much, uh, you know, the baptism of the dead and the sleep. Uh, what the sleep is, um, how that the Bible really describes it as a state and uh, not. Uh, a, a death, um, many, many things um, such as that uh, that are important. So um, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting to see how that um, these things are going to come together here today. Um, I want to talk about um, today, I want to talk about demons uh, for one thing. Um, you know, if you look up the word demon in the um, Bible, uh, King James uh, Version, you won't really find it unless you look under devils. Uh, but it's very interesting that when you go back into ancient literature, that there was a time that um, 
that the word demon was not necessarily uh, thought of as just devil. Uh, it, it, it even used that word for good angels uh, because there is a, um, a, a, a Greek uh, meaning there uh, that, that, uh, from which uh, the Hebrew uh, is transliterated into uh, the meaning of the word that uh, ends up giving you the word devils. And, and when you go back to see it, you see the word uh, uh, demon, sometimes with a, a split A-E. But it's, um, it, it's very interesting. Um, and so we want to talk about uh, demons because, uh, or devils, because uh, we, we uh, can assure you that there's a lot about devils that are not understood. Now, there are a lot of people that don't believe in devils, that don't believe that there are devils, don't believe there are demons. Um, just hang and hold with us today and see what we have to say. <clears throat> I think you'll find it uh, challenging and interesting. Uh, I think you'll find it uh, uh, applicable to some uh, views that you've never considered before. Um, we want to say that um, that uh, in not every time in which um, the concept or the application of of devils is used, does it specifically mean uh, one of the fallen demons that has come and possessed a body? Um, we are not saying that that does not happen. Of course, those things happen. But many, many times uh, it has to do uh, with uh, people that, uh, like in one case, uh, a person that was born blind. And it wasn't his parents' fault, and it wasn't his fault. Nothing that he had done to cause this. But he was born blind, and, and then, of course, it says this was uh, for the, the glory of God. And we accept that, except that we know that there's more to it than just that line of, uh, of uh, presentation. <clears throat> we understand um, that to really get into that revelation, we have to understand, under, uh, stand um, ancestral spirits, not as like some kind of totem pole uh, worship, which uh, I am not in any way putting anyone down for how they worship or believe, but just making comparatives here uh, in the sense of using the word ancestral. Um, we are not referring to that type of thing. We are referring to uh, genies. And genies as coming from the word gene. Uh, this goes back to a very, very interesting time. Uh, it goes back to um, when um, Lucifer uh, planted the uh, genie seeds um, as Satan into the human race. And um, it is uh, very uh, important to understand how that that all happened, and uh, it's, but you know, to really understand, you have to know that Adam, although he was the first man with a soul, he was not the first human being, and the Bible is very, very clear about that, and we discover that the, the four genetic rivers that it mentions in Genesis, uh, like the Pison, the Hedekel, the Euphrates, uh, uh, 
all, all of these various rivers uh, were genetic rivers. And there were human beings that lived for hundreds and thousands, maybe millions of years, uh, that did not have souls. Uh, they were more along the line of, uh, of beasts. And, um, and even in the New Testament, it, it, it calls us in our present state, uh, uh, or I should say the Old Testament, calls us in our uh, present state a beast. So something happened, and it's described in the sixth chapter, when uh, the sons of God went into the daughters of men, and uh, the pregnancy resulted in the Nephilim, which were, were giants. But the word Nephilim, the very name is a Hebrew name, and it, and it means those who have fallen. So when we understand this whole thing about the, the wars in heaven, and that these, this was the Star Wars, and there was three groups of stars, uh, and they were called one-third of, of them the cherubims, one-third of them called the seraphims, and one-third of them called the ophanims, the name ophanim meaning wheel, which is described in the first and tenth chapter of Ezekiel. Ophan, which is the singular for, for the plural, ophanim, uh, can easily be followed up and read in the uh, concordance. Um, but when the sons of God, which were the offspring of Seth, uh, uh, went and began to uh, have uh, intercourse with, with the uh, soulless people and, and mingle the seed, uh, it caused these giants, these Nephilim, to be born. So that we see that something extremely unusual occurred because you had a mixture happening uh, uh, on the side of a spiritual positive and on the side of a of a uh, uh, a non-spiritual negative and that this ended up actually affecting not only spiritually but physically uh, the offspring and as a result the offspring that was born did not have souls and, and this shows that the emphasis uh, then was like a, a jump of the genes. A, we call it the dance of the genes. And we're going to apply this to the story that I didn't quite finish about the blind man. I'll come back to that. Just hang and hold. Um, just give me a little bit of uh, underground information here so you know you're stepping on the right steps. <clears throat> anyway... Um, as we begin to see uh, that this signal then was uh, uh, transferred uh, into the offspring, uh, and that is very, very interesting. But what other uh, persons have not understood is not only was this signal transferred into the offspring, but it was transferred by what we call recalescence uh, into the into the uh, the uh, sons of God uh, who went in to the daughters of men, and so it was it was sort of like a uh, a um, a backward uh, flow that that happened, and uh, it is uh, very very important to to understand this because uh, it is uh, an extremely 
uh, vital thing, and we'll be talking more about recalescence just uh, uh, probably a little bit later, but um, and how that, that that works. But the thing of it is, is that those signals that went back into the the people that had souls, uh, it didn't divide their soul, but it 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 triggered into them uh, the negative effects um, uh, of Lucifer, so that they were corrupted by it, and uh, and so then finally when when it came down to uh, the time of Lamech, who was the father of Noah, uh, the the seed uh, had be, had been uh, corrupted, and um, and even though there was only going to be eight people that were left, there was still corruption, like the wives of the children uh, uh, of uh, Noah that uh, uh, that went onto the ark. There was still seed corruption there that was carried over into. Uh, the days after the flood. So th those are very, very interesting uh, subjects and things uh, to talk about. And if we had more time, uh, we would certainly uh, profound into it. Uh, that 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 is uh, for sure. But in the meanwhile, um, let's go back to this uh, person with the uh, that was born blind. Um, as we look at this person uh, born blind. Uh, then we can consider that, yes, it was not their parents' fault. But that does not say that it could not have been an ancestor or grandparents or great-great-grandparents uh, that the gene in the dance of the gene carried over into this person and, and uh, was a um, genetic uh, a kind of thing that, uh, that uh, caused him to be born blind. And this being born blind, uh, to be delivered from it, he needed to have the uh, uh, the demon uh, or the genie, as we call it, cast out. Now that doesn't mean that every situation uh, with people that have devils that it is a genie. Uh, far be it from from the case. But there are cases in which people have exclaimed, uh, "This is uh, devils being cast out." Uh, when in fact these people that are very sick and have uh, have um, uh, various kinds of, of uh, deaf and dumb and 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 other kinds of serious illnesses, uh, they're basically the 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 devil that they have in them, uh, as we will see in, in the scriptures I give later, are the devils uh, that were planted in the way of the signal from Lucifer, uh, which are in a sense, uh, uh, bad genies that that are transferred into people and are being carried on from generation to generation, and these genies have to be uh, uh, come out. They they have to be changed, and we believe that a a lattice change can uh, can eliminate these genies. Uh, the lattice is the whole uh, revelation of. Of, of uh, spiritual mental uh, structuring uh, that we have to, by the Holy Spirit, bring our bodies into uh, in a new uh, and living way, uh, so that uh, it eliminates those uh, genies and uh, those ancestral spirits. Um, a really beautiful example of that 
is the uh, is the revelation that it gives uh, in the book of, of Matthew. There's a, a very fantastic scripture there, and let's just take a fast look at it in Matthew chapter 13. We'll read a few things. I can't take too much time, but it's just too important not to read. And it starts off as a parable, and of course you remember that the Bible says that Jesus, uh, you know, didn't speak to the general masses without uh, using parables. But in this um, 13th uh, chapter, uh, you know, uh, beginning uh, with the uh, uh, 25th verse, it says, But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. And when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, there appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou not sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares, or from whence then has it bad seed? And he said unto them, An enemy has done this. The servants said unto them, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? He said, Nay, these while you gather up the tares, you root up the wheat with them. This doesn't mean that can it not be done, but it takes a Lord Jesus Christ to do it, or a, an anointed ministry to do it. Not just everybody can go out there and start casting out genies uh, without possibly making a mistake and, and uh, casting out the wrong DNA or who knows what is a, a serious uh, uh, proposition. Now, the disciples say, Hey, interpret this to us. Give us what exactly does this mean? Okay, in that same chapter, chapter 13 of Matthew, and the 37th verse, he begins to tell the meaning. Uh, he answered, Jesus answered, and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the, are the angels. So now we see in a real revelation that there was a plot, that there was a plan, that this is, goes way, way back in time and carries on to the so-called end of the world, that um, there is good seed that is planted, and there is bad seed that is planted. And, and, and it is so closely confined together uh, that uh, you can't hardly uh, destroy one without destroying the other unless it is done uh, precisely and, and exactly uh, by the leading of the Spirit of God. And that is a, a really important and wonderful thing to understand. Uh, uh, these ancestral spirits uh, that are in people that, that are um, you know, quite influenced by the evil side sometimes, uh, quite maybe more times than not, um, uh, do possess people. And, and uh, you oftentimes notice that uh, uh, the worst side of, of um, a, whether it would be a parent or a grandparent or maybe uh, in the jump of the genes, someone way down the road 
on the on on the um, uh, genealogy tree uh, that uh, had you know quite an ugly disposition and uh, and was maybe perhaps a really bad person and as uh, an individual who is an offshoot of of that branch uh, comes into older age sometimes there is a change that happens in people and all of a sudden uh, you uh, see them talking and acting and even looking out of their eyes like these people that uh, you know are, are uh, not just really nice people uh, that are relatives because the ancestral spirit of those persons via the dance of the genes has come up in them and and uh, it begins to be a very very serious matter so uh, it is important to understand then that uh, that there are seed uh, uh, that have been affected and planted by Satan and and uh, this is not just uh, a simple Simon thing is uh, something of a very deep, deep nature. Um, we we understand as we as we look at this uh, that that this whole revelation has to do uh, for the reasons why God has expanded uh, His uh, uh, Abrahamic covenant, uh, allowing in the 99th chapter of Psalms. Uh, uh, a life generation to be 70 years and if by reason of strength 80 years and then uh, later uh, in uh, uh, Psalms um, there is uh, the revelation of, uh, of, of the really really uh, beautiful uh, declaration in which uh, God has allowed uh, uh, an Abrahamic covenant uh, to be given to the people, uh, which equals, um, you know, uh, uh, a, a thousand times the 70 or the 80 uh, generation life. And uh, when, when we, we begin to see how manifold that is, how incredible that is, uh, it is nothing less than uh, sensational, just absolutely totally sensational that uh, such a revelation of that would be uh, uh, preserved and and given and promised uh, to the people of God and uh, and it that is you know called the uh, the Abrahamic covenant so it's it's uh, it's a beautiful thing and when you begin to realize that in that sense, that it then equals 70 to 80,000 years, then you begin to know that a lot of the talk that goes on about the end of the world is being talked about by people uh, that don't know what they're talking about, that don't know by the Spirit of God what they're saying. And uh, if you will delve into the history, uh, going all the way back to... Uh, uh, shortly after the time of Christ, you will just see one false uh, prophecy and one p false notion after another of people who were priests and 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 followers of of, of God who misinterpreted when the coming of Christ would be, 
and and uh, they they just could not seem to get it straight. So at, that is is so uh, relevant as to why there is such a problem on earth uh, with so many many people that think that every little bump in the road, every little earthquake, uh, every little uh, change of government uh, is a definite sign that the uh, end of the world is coming uh, <clears throat> and they're ready to close the curtain and they think that they're interpreting uh, you know, Matthew 24 correctly when they're actually interpreting it, interpreting it exactly opposite from what it actually reads and from what it actually says. <clears throat> so that when it actually says, actually says that this is not the end, they are reading it that this is the end. So um, in Psalms 105, verse 8, it says, He hath remembered his covenant forever. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations, which covenant he made with Abraham and his oath to Isaac and confirmed it with Jacob. And in Galatians, that covenant is assured to be continued uh, on and on and on until its fulfillment. Now that is very, very important to understand that because that happens to be the meaning of Abraham's bosom. Abraham's bosom is represented by that 70 uh, to 80 thousand uh, years uh, of time that the human race as fallen ophidims have on earth to have an, uh, find their uh, time and a chance uh, for re uh, 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 regeneration uh, for salvation now in uh, Ecclesiastes 9 uh, 11 it, as I've shared with you before, it says that every human being, every human being, is going to get a time and a chance. And just verifying that in Isaiah 65, somewhere around the 20th verse, it says that there will be a time come when that uh, Abrahamic, and I'm paraphrasing now, Abrahamic covenant will have uh, reached a fulfillment. And when it does, it'll, it'll say there will not need to be any more regenerations. Uh, everyone will have had their time. Everyone will have had their chance. And it says an infant of days uh, uh, or an old man, man that has not filled his days will be of this nature. The child shall, be, shall, shall die a hundred years old, but the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed. And so we see that, that hundredfold representing the total fulfillment of the Abrahamic uh, covenant of Abraham's bosom, uh, this place where people are uh, in his bosom given an opportunity to, to fulfill. There will be no aborted child that does not get a chance to, uh, to come and to live again, and I'll show you scripture for that. There will be uh, no uh, uh, such thing as any person who prematurely died and never really had a chance to, to uh, meet and know about the Savior. Uh, that is guaranteed in the quality of, uh, and justification of, of the Lord Jesus Christ that everybody is going to get the time, everybody is going to get a, a day, 
everyone is going to reach that that equivalent 100 year, years old. We're not talking just of years there, but we're talking of the hundredfold uh, 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 place of fulfillment. And, and, and they're either at that time going to be accepted or not accepted. So those are absolutely important uh, things to uh, put into your mind and to understand them uh, with, with a, a, a full understanding. Um, we, we, people talk about the resurrection. Uh, they, they don't even know how contradictory the resurrection teachings um, is they, they think that people are going to come up out of the of the grave, which is most uh, cases six feet under the earth. And if you've ever had a chance to see someone digging up a grave that's been down in the earth just a few months, uh, you can see that that there's nothing left but but bones. And uh, and within a short time, the the caskets uh, are just rusted or are falling apart. And uh, there's just basically nothing uh, there that's left to speak of, you know, and, and that somehow uh, this person is going to wake up underneath the sod six feet down, the tremendous weight of that, and uh, uh, the sinews are going to come back on the body and the muscles and the nerves, and then it's going to suddenly be able to have the strength uh, to push this dirt uh, up and out, uh, you know, while it, of course, is uh, fallen into the eyes and the ears and 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 the nose and the mouth, uh, and somehow uh, push his hands uh, through the dirt and and pull himself up out of the dirt. But someone says, "Oh no, there'll be an earthquake that'll open it up." Oh, so for every single solitary grave, the millions and millions of them that there are, uh, each little grave will have its own personal uh, earthquake that'll open up a crack and that'll just make it convenient for people to get out. Even if you're six feet down and the, and the earth cracks open, uh, you would find it not just very simple to just step out of a six-foot hole, uh, uh, you know. But maybe you're thinking, well, they're going to each one be a superman or superwoman, and they'll just jump out. Uh, I, I don't know really what you are thinking, but I do know that in the 15th chapter of Second Corinthians, it says that... that uh, that people that don't understand this are foolish, uh, that, that the seed that is sown is not the seed that is going to be resurrected, that it's going to be uh, uh, not a fleshly body, but it's going to be a spiritual body. That's clearly in the scripture, clearly taught by Paul, and he was right on. And, and so people that are in this thing, you know, uh, they get these ideas, uh, they're just goofed up. Uh, that's exactly what it amounts to. Uh, <clears throat> a scripture that I didn't give earlier, but that really goes in with all this genie business, is Matthew 15:13. Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. It goes right along with the revelation about the tares and and uh, the good seed, the bad seed, and, and what has to eventually happen. Now, someone will say on this resurrection subject. Oh, well, okay, what about Ezekiel? Uh, what about the, the dry bones that came together bone to bone? And, and uh, all of the, what the scripture has to say about that? Oh, what about it? Uh, let's just take a fast peek at it and get this straight once and for all so that you will not be tattered uh, with a bunch of wrong ideas. Let's go to uh, Ezekiel 37. 
and it starts right off saying, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the Spirit and set me down in the midst of a valley which is full of bones. And we won't take the time to read all the, the uh, verses, but <clears throat> surely you are aware, surely you know that, uh, that the Lord spoke to him and said, Now, uh, you prophesied these bones, caused them to breathe, and, and uh, I'll lay sinews upon them and cover them with flesh and skin and put breath in them and they'll live. And uh, it, to uh, sort of uh, synthesize this uh, story here, uh, that is what happened in all these hundreds and thousands of, of uh, bones and <clears throat> uh, begin to come together and shaking and rattling and, and flesh and sinews came upon them, and they rose up like a great army. And someone says, well, there you are. There, there's the physical resurrection. Uh, not so fast. Let's look, um, let's look and uh, let's see how this was explained, because it, it was explained uh, as to what the meaning of it was. Um, now, let me see if I can just find it real fast. Um, <clears throat> because it it uh, it it, uh, um, it is quite it's quite inter interesting what what it it really says here. Um, it, it it really gives a, an opening into our mind and into our eyes uh, in the way of uh, you know of a revelation. Um, well, let's see where am I going. Uh, 11 and 14 verses, verses 11 through 14. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dry, our hope is lost, we are cut off from our parts. Now this is the interpretation of what all those dry bones are. It's right here in the 11th verse. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. This, of course, is talking about the people who are um, uh, Jews and they are in captivity uh, and they feel cut off from their land of promise. And, uh, and what, what God is revealing to them is regeneration. He is saying that, you know, like uh, uh, you, 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 when you die and you become just bones and, uh, and you know, your burial is not in your land. Uh, that's why it's not a grave. It's just in a valley. Uh, it's just lying there, disassociated, disconnected from their homeland. But he says, I will raise you up out of your graves I will regenerate you. I will allow you to come back, and 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 uh, uh, I will bring you into your home uh, land, and I will therefore fulfill uh, uh, your life and and uh, uh, promise to you of being able to live that life uh, in your homeland. Now, some of you people that might have a difficult time being able to see that. Let me give you an incredible scripture here uh, to open your eyes a bit. Uh, in uh, <clears throat> the time of the three uh, wise men, or the wise men, uh, uh, that uh, 
came seeking the Christ. Uh, Herod heard about it and talked with them, and uh, uh, he really plotted to find out from them uh, where this uh, son of God that was to be born was, because uh, he looked at that person as an adversary to his kingship. Um, the wise men uh, very uh, carefully avoided uh, uh, going the same way uh, and returning because they did not want to give him the information about where Jesus was. Um, the Bible says Herod then went out and he had gave orders to kill uh, all the children from a certain age and under, just to destroy every one of them, uh, with the expectation that he was bound that way. Uh, if he destroyed all those children from a certain age and down, he would surely uh, also kill this person who was supposed to be born the Son of God. And he did that. He went out and he killed all these young uh, children that had not done anything wrong. It was not their fault, but they were actually being killed, they were standing in, in a sense, in a proxy uh, for Christ. And so it's just uh, an incredible thing that happened. But the, uh, the, the Bible talks about it there, about, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the tears and, and the wailing in Ramah. Uh, uh, but it doesn't, in that Matthew uh, uh, revelation, give the real in-depth uh, of what really happened until you turn to Jeremiah and when you turn to Jeremiah 31 and you read <coughs> the 15th verse it says and this is a repeat of what it said in Jeremiah except that it's, it has the additional information that I was speaking of uh, Jeremiah 31:15. thus saith the Lord a voice was heard in Ramah lamentation, bitter weeping Rachel, weeping for her children, refused to be comforted for her children because they were not. They had been slain by Herod. Uh, Thus saith the Lord, Reframe your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears, for your work shall be rewarded, saith the Lord, and they shall, they the children, shall come again from the land of the enemy. At that time it was Rome. And there is hope in thy end, saith the Lord, that thy children shall come again to their borders. So here we have a prophecy that these children would be born in, in Rome and then they would come from there and they would come back to their land and they would then live in, their, uh, their, in, the, in the land uh, uh, of Israel as promised. That fulfilled uh, God's word to them in Ezekiel. It, uh, you know, it, it is just absolutely exciting and absolutely beautiful. Uh, even when the pharaohs built their pyramids and and uh, they bur buried their bodies uh, sometimes in them and with all of their artifacts of uh, you know uh, provisions uh, that was just proxy because most all those uh, uh, pyramids had channels that were provided for the spirit of the Pharaoh to escape and go up into the heavens into the spirit world and uh, not that that they would have needed that because the spirit can pass through uh, a solid uh, stone. But uh, they didn't totally understand that. So they made a provision for the spirit to, uh, to slip out. And, uh, uh, it, you know, and these things come about when people don't have a full understanding 
uh, and the to total meaning of uh, <coughs> of, of what uh, these things are are about and, and, and the full application of them. But um, <coughs> anyway, all these things are extremely, extremely interesting. Um, I want to I want to talk about one other before I move on. Uh, I want to talk about um, one other uh, resurrection application. Uh, if you turn with me to um, Matthew, Matthew the 27th chapter. This is a very interesting, unusual uh, situation that happens uh, at the time of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and when there was this great earthquake. So, 27, uh, verse 52. And the graves, this is after the veil of the temple was rent in twain, and the earth did quake and the rocks rent, in verse 51. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now, if you think that these people that were dead, maybe some of them for a century, uh, rose up out of their, their um, grave, and I explained how not easy it would be to come up out of there, <coughs> And um, with their tattered clothes, or perhaps angels would give them new clothes. Uh, and what age would they be, the age that they died? Uh, I mean, who, who's going to be around to recognize them uh, if they're, a, if they're uh, transfigured into a different age or form? Well, what is the meaning of it? What application is that going to be? Uh, believe me, there are three levels of the resurrection. Uh, the first um, uh, level uh, is restoration of the memory. And that is what happened here in this particular scripture uh, after the, re after the, uh, the uh, crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, and it's talking about people that were alive in that day that <clears throat> their, their actual uh, past was in, the, in a grave. It was buried deep within their subconscious. And they did not remember who they were. They did not remember why they came here to this planet. They did not remember uh, what their destiny was. But suddenly when this veil of the temple was rent, their memories came back to them. And when these people were clothed in their right minds uh, uh, of that memory, uh, they began to go out and, and testify and witness to many of the people uh, that that they could make contact with to tell about uh, the things that they were receiving um, in their restored memory. And that was, that's one level of, of the resurrection. Um, a uh, <clears throat> second uh, level of, of the resurrection um, um, ha has uh, uh, to, do, to do with um, regeneration that we were talking about earlier. Uh, when a person uh, uh, who has not had all his time or her time and a chance uh, come back to fulfill the scripture that says everyone is going to get an equal time and an equal chance. They will be regenerated. This is not reincarnation. Uh, this is regeneration. It does not uh, 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 take in all the ideas of um, 
karma and all the ideas of of uh, you could come back in a bug or or you could come back in any kind of a of of uh, a transmigrated form that you might happen to come back in. That is that is reincarnation. I do not teach that. <coughs> this is regeneration. I do teach that. That is number two. Number one level, restoration of the memory. Number two level, regeneration. Number three level, actual uh, revitalization. In in such cases such as Lazarus, such as the girl that died and was being carried uh, uh, by relatives. Uh, these uh, persons, and there were others that were dead, they were still in their physical body, they were resurrected uh, in the third level, which is revitalization and brought back to life. So I wanted to be sure I covered that before I, I went on. Uh, I know there will be those people that say uh, why Hebrews 9.27 tells us it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. Um, First off, in the original text, the word the is absolutely not there. That has been added by people with their own uh, philosophical concepts and who wanted to make it uh, the judgment of all, of all human flesh and the final judgment. That is a fraud and a sham, and that is not uh, in the original uh, 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 word, and it was just added. Uh, so... Uh, and second off, uh, when the scripture uh, speaks of this, it does not say that a man can only live one life. But what it's really saying is that for each life that a person lives, he will be judged. He will be, he will, he will go through uh, the trial of what he has succeeded in or not uh, before he can move on or proceed to another state or another life. And that is exactly what it's talking about when it says point under one mass to die. Well, once to die, and then, then you'll be judged. Uh, it's the same thing when you go through school. Uh, you get through the third grade. Before you can go to the fourth grade, they will adjudicate as to where you are in your spelling, where you are in your English, where you are in your math. Uh, it will make a difference as to where uh, they will place you in the fourth grade. You'll be judged before you move on. And, and um, let's not forget, there is the first death uh, 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 situation, and, and many, many people uh, uh, come and go from this first death level. Uh, it is only the second death that is a final death, not just any death. Not just dying is not a final death. That is just moving in a transition form from one state of, of, of life into another state of life. Uh, that is not in any way the final because the Bible calls that the second death and that's a whole uh, other teaching that uh, I don't have time to get into uh, at this moment in our uh, uh, teaching on uh, search for angels. Um, <clears throat> we know that... Uh, <clears throat> The heavens, uh, you know, uh, are, are open, and uh, we're told about angels ascending and descending. We're aware in John 3.13, Jesus saying, No man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. Uh, we recognize that Jesus was the proxy for all humankind, 
and he represented all humankind. And that none, none of the people that that went uh, that 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 are none of the people on this planet are going to go to heaven if they didn't come from there. Uh, that's what Jesus Jesus was saying. And he also said, you know, uh, uh, I have many things to say to you, but you can't understand them now. This is going to be difficult for you. This is going to be over your head. But I'll tell you this part anyway. But he knew many of them would not receive it, would not understand it. And it was only for those who had ears to hear and eyes to see what the real deep word truth was. And, and no one is going to heaven if they didn't come, come from there. That is what the Bible was saying. And, um, and that is why in our special situation uh, as, as uh, failed messengers, uh, messenger being the word uh, that angel uh, comes from in the Greek, uh, <coughs> the, the, the meaning that Jesus spoke in Matthew 16, 19 takes on even more prevalence. Uh, whatsoever is bound on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever is loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. Uh, there is a connectedness between the two realms uh, because uh, it is all tied in. If you came from there, you can go back. It, it's, all, it's all tied in to that uh, incredible revelation. And there are so many other scriptures. But, you know, that's not specifically the message we're preaching on right now. But it is for sure very interesting. We know in Corinthians 5.1, it says, If this house were dissolved, we have, we already have, a house uh, not built with hands. You already have that. It's a guarantee. You have it. <clears throat> As to this signal thing that we talk about, it's very interesting in Matthew 24, 30, the living Bible, instead of saying sign, they used the word signal. The signal of his coming, uh, you know, uh, uh, will appear in heaven. Uh, I just think that is so interesting. Uh, it, is, it, it, it tells us that uh, we have a reason for going back. Matthew 6, 19 through 21, because there are treasures in heaven. And in other scriptures tell us that these things belong to us before the foundations of the world. <coughs> we have a right to, an inherent right uh, to, these, uh, to these things, and uh, we are going to claim it. We are going to claim it. Praise God. Okay, uh, let's, uh, there's uh, the fact that we know in Luke 10, 20, it says rejoice because your names are written down in heaven. We know that our names are written down in the Lamb's book of life. And they were written down in the Lamb's book of life, the Bible says, before the foundations of the world. We know that there are going to be new creations after this, the Abrahamic covenant is over. And, and the Bible says that those people in the new creation, their names are not in the Lamb's book of life. It's not written there because they are brand new creations. I find that just absolutely incredible. <coughs> Praise God. So we're, twi we're twining our thoughts, um, and we have to understand that, uh, that uh, the thing that makes us different, uh, different from the animals is our conscious awareness of God. And, and uh, outside of that consciousness uh, is beyond the God's soul consciousness. And uh, that is the distinguishing fact 
that we have souls. Uh, animals have uh, uh, bodies, which are called sometimes in a small case soul, but they're, they're talking physiologically. Uh, they're not talking spiritually. Um, we have a spirit soul, and, uh, and uh, the animals do not. So the Bible says the spirit of the uh, beast uh, goes downward, but the spirit of man goes upward. That's the difference of, of the beast having a temporal spirit and the uh, humankind having an eternal spirit. Uh, it's so very, very important. This energizing of the spiritual power we talked about earlier uh, is, is uh, uh, you know, all available to us, uh, photophysically and photospiritually, uh, in energized reflections. Uh, energized reflections that uh, that are expressed uh, in manifold uh, impulses of syntonic alignment that are available just if we can grasp it and take it in. Uh, there is a potential fusing uh, uh, of this manifold impulse that we can bring in, and uh, it, it 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 delivers us from uh, contra uh, diversifications in creation that are tied into the sin tone of those <coughs> signals that Satan put into the human race uh, some long, long time ago. So we are excited about the um, proto-particle uh, instinct uh, and the proto-physical revelation of life tone <coughs> excuse me, given to us spiritually that can help us uh, come into this soul consciousness and, and, and soul life zone, uh, making us uh, imaged uh, in, in the nature of Christ uh, and, and twining us uh, in that image uh, so that uh, we do not lose our connection uh, to the divine consciousness that God wants us to have. <coughs> okay. Uh, consciousness, the understanding of it, even in um, modern time, remains uh, an unsolved puzzle. Uh, it's unsolved to philosophers, it's unsolved to uh, psychologists, and even neuroscientists. Uh, there's no ordinary way of understanding the full um, uh, depth and application of what consciousness, uh, in the sense that it, as it applies to us, really means. And uh, the uh, modality of it uh, has its physical application, that is for sure. But uh, <clears throat> this consciousness of which we speak does not naturally, uh, you know, occur in any type of material substance uh, or any specific uh, kind of underpinning. Uh, it is a special locus of consciousness uh, that is outside the physical brain and the physical organs of the body, and even outside the nervous system, although very uh, close to it in the solar plexus, uh, where the soul spirit abides in the body. Um, this uh, aspect of, uh, <coughs> of uh, spiritual consciousness is uh, not chimp, robot, uh, zombie uh, 
brute body mechanisms. Uh, it is a role of uh, consciousness uh, that is attached to a conscientiousness, and uh, it is uh, a kind of consciousness that uh, is bound uh, to arise uh, and reveal the essences uh, from which it came. And it is a beautiful uh, and glorious thing to come into those kind of understandings. <coughs> um, consciousness uh, passes um, uh, uh, with the body. Um, when the body dies, um, uh, our, our, let me say this, when the spirit leaves the body, the body dies. The Bible says the body without the spirit is dead. It is the, the spirit uh, that is just as essential as any other important organ in the body, but many, many more times if you put it into its eternal application. It is absolutely important uh, to understand uh, the power of the, the uh, consciousness of the spirit. Uh, the spirit has a mind. It does not have a brain. Now, I know some of you would maybe have a problem with that, but that this is a fact when I'm telling you. It's a rare opportunity for you to learn the real thing. The, the um, organization of a spirit uh, is nothing likened into, uh, unto a brain uh, of the human being. Um, the, uh, you, could, you could compare it more to thoughts, uh, thoughts that even in the human uh, brain uh, that, that that come forward uh, really <coughs> uh, have no known uh, 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 trigger that is caused in the process of the brain uh, to create uh, these unusual thoughts about information that, as far as anyone knows, has never existed or been known to that life uh, whose brain is o operating in the thought charge uh, uh, with, or have happened to them before. Uh, the uh, the mind of the spirit um, is uh, uh, a transfiguring uh, uh, is transfiguring senses. Um, these uh, senses uh, are in uh, not locked into to an absolute uh, single form, but they are transfiguring senses. Uh, sort of like roving, roaming uh, uh, energies uh, that uh, transfigure uh, according to uh, the need is. And so the, the, their, their uh, mind is not like the human brain at all. <coughs> uh, that sort of brings us to things like, uh, you know, what is the difference between a spirit and a ghost? And what causes a ghost? Well, first off, let's not forget our teaching over the last uh, uh, couple times about uh, the, uh, the angel of our presence is our spirit. And we gave a lot of scriptures for that. And you can go back to the recorded uh, uh, sermons and teachings that have been given and uh, look up those scriptures and, uh, uh, you know, just uh, feast on them because they're sensational scriptures. Um, but when the when the um, 
uh, spirit leaves the body, uh, it, it is it's an incredible thing. But uh, let's talk about something else before we just uh, get into that. Let's talk about people who are, say, in a hospital or at home, or, and they're dying. They're dying. And uh, uh, many of the people that, and I'm not saying every human being does, but there's a lot of human beings that are dying, and they see things, but they don't tell their family because uh, they're, they don't want to scare their family or they don't want their family to know that what they're seeing. But sometimes uh, when uh, a person dies, uh, and I'm not in any way putting judgment on anyone, but sometimes when a person dies, uh, the, uh, if they're demon-possessed, uh, as their uh, body gets weaker and weaker, uh, their um, attachment to the to the uh, spirit of the body um, it becomes less and less because the body the spirit is already in a process uh, of uh, of gradually uh, preparing and leaving the body. Therefore, the the uh, the uh, charge uh, capability of the spirit, uh, which the demons like to attach to, so that they can. Uh, keep their spirits charged uh, begins to to dismiss itself more and more, and as that gets weaker and weaker, uh, uh, many many times during this time of death, the uh, demons fall out of the body. They fall out of the body because they 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 have the charge doesn't hold them in any longer, and uh, and suddenly they are out there like apparitions, and so often when people see them. Uh, or even the dying person uh, sometimes is capable to see them uh, when other people cannot. Uh, they they have been called ghosts. People say, well, look, uh, I see ghosts in here. Those apparitions many times are not ghosts. They're they're just they're just demons uh, that have been uh, that have lost their house and and they uh, can no longer go back into it. They fell out of it because. Uh, there is uh, no no charge energy left there to hold them in, into the solar plex area, and and uh, 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 this this is uh, a thing that does happen to a lot of people. A lot of people that I have uh, uh, worked with over the years, and and uh, uh, I have discovered many many amazing things along this line, and uh, the, you know uh, that's not the case for everyone. Some other other kind of persons. Um, have angels come and appear, and uh, these angels, uh, you know, are like welcoming them to the transition, uh, welcoming them to the other side. Uh, it's uh, it's it's beautiful. In First Corinthians fifteen fifty three, it says, "With what body uh, do they come?" Uh, we we uh, <coughs> we know, as I spoke earlier. That this body that we're going to come with, this it's going to be a, a spirit body, and it'll be spirit before it comes back in the regeneration and takes on a physical body. And there are various places that are assigned for the spirits according to the degree of their advance or or uh, of their degeneration, and that, that that determines where they will go when they move into the transition. Um, but there are so many things that. That people have not understood. Uh, the scripture says, "We that that are alive and remain will be caught up 
uh, into the crowds. Uh, and and I've heard people sing about that. And they say, oh, isn't that neat? We're going to be caught up in the clouds. Oh, is that right? Well, let me, let's just talk about this. Have you ever been on earth when a cloud has come down so uh, right down to earth and it was in your streets and over your housetops and over the trees? It doesn't look like a cloud. It looks like fog. So it's like, it's like the scripture saying, uh, we that are alive and remain will be caught up into the fog. Uh, I don't think that's anything to, to feel as a great interpretation or anything to feel like it's a hallelujah thing. Uh, only can you understand the scriptures that talk about uh, uh, people of God being caught into a cloud that takes them away. Do you realize that the cloud is a witness and is a cloud of witness and it's a zith and, and it's, it's, a, it's an angelic ship that is uh, going to carry people away in what some people call the rapture, what other people call the ascension. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> But it's, uh, it's not, you know, being caught up to the fog. Uh, let's get that out of our head. Those are some really dumb ideas that people have. Uh, even when an airplane is flying, uh, not too many pilots enjoy uh, traveling through a cloud. They like to either be below them or above them. <clears throat> okay, let's uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's carry on. Let's understand that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. Don't lose that. Don't get into this thing that the kingdom of heaven, uh, you know, uh, is going to incorporate flesh and blood because it is not. Uh, that is not the plan. The the body uh, apparatus is nothing compared to the spirit apparatus. So uh, we need to totally understand that, uh, and we need to always uh, be aware. Now someone will say, well, how do we know if when we see an apparition or a figure, uh, if it's a ghost or if it's an angel? Well, a ghost uh, image is always blurrier. <coughs> it comes off from a darker kind of illumination. Uh, whereas the the angel uh, transition always has clear, distinct uh, uh, edges to the figure, and and has a, a greater light uh, intensity that is over it. Uh, so those are you know some some pretty uh, pretty neat things. Um, uh, we we see that uh, in Daniel twelve two, uh, them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. And uh, they shall be they that be wise shall shine as the stars. Um, when we begin to make all the applications of what it really means to be asleep in the dust, uh, and and uh, and people have so misunderstood those kind of scriptures, and they've got people uh, out here that are buried, uh, that they are stuck in the graves, their spirits, their bodies are down there, and they're waiting for. Uh, ever and ever until uh, they're resurrected in another physical body. <coughs> uh, maybe rise up in the body with the same old uh, crippled body or, or uh, same old problems or maybe made a little bit younger. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a poor story to tell. And it's not the way that it's going to happen and it's not the way the Bible teaches it. Understand in these teachings that I do like this, uh, unless I took one subject in particular 
and I just worked on that subject, uh, uh, you know, and probably took several uh, several uh, teachings to do it. I can't get you to the exactitude of the scripture applications, but the 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 spirits in prison, uh, you know, are not uh, are not uh, in the sleep. So when Peter, when Jesus went down and he preached to the spirits that were sometimes disobedient, uh, you know, during the time of the flood, uh, those scriptures, those, pardon me, those uh, 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 spirits weren't sleeping and, and could hardly wake up. There was a live function. There was things going on. And he went and he preached to this group uh, uh, to, to, to bring them up to date uh, for salvation. Uh, and, and so when we talk about spirits asleep in the dust of the earth, we are talking about people uh, who, in those cases, um, uh, 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 the biggest part of them, um, they are still in the Abraham's bosom. They are still in the 70, 80,000 uh, years of uh, regeneration. Uh, uh, and, and until that circuit is finished, uh, they are still bound in the dust. They, they, they have to come back in order to have their equal time and chance. So they're, they're in that sense, they're in the dust. They're still in the, in the grave, in the prison uh, uh, relationship uh, of, of the body. And so it, it uh, has, has definite reasons uh, why that it is called, um, you know, uh, in the sense of, um, of being a, uh, a sleep. Um, let's get to this uh, thing of, of recalescence. Um, if you take a big uh, uh, piece of steel, uh, like a beam, and you heat it in uh, a really, really hot steel type of furnace to where it's just totally red, super red, uh, almost fervent white hot, uh, and then you take it out and you set it aside and let it cool. And it cools, and eventually uh, it looks like the whole long beam uh, is cooled. And as you're standing there thinking, well, it looks like it's cooled down, there is a thing that happens that is known to people that are involved in making steel beams and deal with the real hot heats that uh, have to do with the shaping and forming steel, iron, and certain metals. Uh, and it's called recollections. And it's that all of a sudden, a portion, like one end of the beam, will all of a sudden begin to brighten up and will look like it was in the beginning, super hot. And, and, and it's just like it just comes alive again with all this heat. And you think, how could that be possible? How could something that cooled down suddenly come and, uh, and, and, and uh, you know, become hot again? Well, there is mathematical and, and uh, scientific explanations for it. Uh, I've used this word to explain uh, applications that apply to us uh, in the physical, spiritual realm. Uh, you know, when the acts of negative thinking or living are in process of being absorbed by the mental faculty, a displacement of opposite thinking or living occurs. This process becomes a displacement, uh, uh, you know, and is a positive liberation. 
Now, positive liberation occurs uh, when the rate of negative absorption exceeds the rate of positive absorption. And this is what happens in the steel. And, is, and it is sustained to the point of punctuated impression. During this process of the displacement of the positive impressions, uh, memory cells are recalled and, 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 and uh, occur. And this event is positive liberation. Uh, it is not uncommon for these dispersals uh, 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 that are being experienced um, to be considered to, uh, uh, to, to be a positive thing, uh, to feel that the negative impact uh, is actually a complement uh, via the recalled positive position. However, the truth reveals that positive liberation is the loss by displacement of those positive impressions and the gain of negative, uh, uh, of negative uh, impressions as a replacement. So that is a lot, I know, and that is deep. But the, the point of it is, is there are transitions that happen into our body in which we think we are suddenly coming into a blessing or a spiritual thing, and <coughs> the, the illumination, uh, you know, shines up, and we think, oh, my God, uh, you know, I, I don't know how this happened. I, I was thinking this was just negative, but really it looks like the negative was positive. But what they don't understand in this uh, recalescence is that is just a super impression of the recall of a deeper state of, of, uh, of going into uh, a higher negative. And so there are so many things that we have to understand and have to consider uh, in all the meanings that apply to the happenings on earth and to the realities on earth and to the dimensions, uh, both um, physical and contra to those uh, physical dimensions that we have to finally absorb the, the knowledge and understanding of. So these are things that uh, uh, we cannot take uh, lightly. And uh, Jesus took the time uh, to show uh, his uh, 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 three special disciples, um, you know, uh, a transfiguration of himself on the mount. And that is a teaching that's just beautiful. And, uh, you know, maybe sometime I'll have the opportunity to really... Uh, uh, explain uh, the meaning of Moses and Elijah who uh, 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 appeared to have tra translated and, uh, and, and to have made their presence uh, on that mountain with Jesus and the disciples. Uh, that uh, is a future thing, but the point that I mention about is that when this transformation took place, uh, he changed into other forms. And Mark 16 says that when he appeared to some of the, of the followers and believers uh, of, of, uh, of Christ, that he appeared to them in other forms. And uh, they were not even able to recognize him because of the other forms. Um, even if you get into the scientist world, um, we know that as people were watching some of the science fiction things, they were introduced... Uh, you know, um, uh, 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 into a thing called teleportation. And teleportation is when you just become a little uh, 
small, minute pieces of atom, and you suddenly uh, uh, go up, and uh, you then are put back together, and uh, you're as you were before you were uh, before you were moved uh, by the dematerialization and and teleported to the other uh, field or other location. Uh, they are actually saying now that they have been successful uh, in a magnetic field uh, uh, of taking one batch of atoms and and uh, comparing them to another and and uh, by using uh, you know special encryption techniques uh, they feel that they have uh, been able in a quantum sense uh, to uh, replicate to a small degree in the atomic world uh, the teleportation concept. So uh, who knows where things are headed and where we are going. Uh, now, in the Bible, uh, there are uh, words uh, that were um, put into uh, singularities, so to speak. In other words, uh, a word that had other meanings but could have uh, a similar meaning uh, was all put into uh, similar meanings so as to uh, not confuse the public. <coughs> words like God, uh, although they came from different roots. Words like hell, although those came from different roots, uh, were put in there. Like in Peter, used the word Tartaru, and they translated that hell. But uh, when you do that, and then when you have this idea of hell uh, being this gruesome place uh, that that uh, is a burning fire where you will burn in this fire forever and ever and ever, and you teach that to people, uh, you're basically are teaching something that the Bible does not say in the sense that you are are, are uh, giving it. Now you may say, oh no no, I, I, there's too many scriptures. I'm sorry. Oh no no, you need to listen to what I have to say. Uh, Spirits cannot burn in a physical fire. No matter how hot it is, it does not matter. When the angel came into the furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the angel covered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego with uh, its uh, body veil, uh, which, uh, as a spirit, it absolutely cannot be touched uh, or singed or hurt in any way by by fire, no matter how many times the furnace is, is uh, heated. And uh, uh, when people try to talk about uh, individuals burning in this hell fire, uh, this kahina uh, uh, of hell, and, and uh, there just being no end to this awful fire that, that burns you up, uh, they, they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, there is a fire of the consciousness. People will be will burn in, in, in you know mental fire of the consciousness. But when people say this is going to happen forever, they don't even know what that means either. Because um, there are meanings there that, uh, that are quite different from what most people have any idea of. And, uh, you know, we also have different Greek and Hebrew interpretation of words, like sheol, uh, is, is a word for hell, but it's from the Hebrew. And Hades is a word for hell, but it's from the Greek. But most any scholar will tell you that one of the things that the Greek did for the Bible 
uh, was that it opened up deeper meanings uh, of understanding uh, with its uh, 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 greater extent of, of, uh, of characterizations possible within the language uh, than uh, could be as easily understood in Hebrew. And, and by doing that, it, it more fully uh, opened up uh, in ways of contemplation as to what the root meaning of those particular words were. And uh, we want you know, to talk about uh, you know, the seven circuits, which are seven states of being. Uh, these seven separation zones uh, that exist uh, are like the Tartaru, that's T-A-R-T-A-R, Zero zero, uh, which is also the same as upper shield. Uh, this is the place of uh, incarceration of the progeny of God, uh, open of angels, the the, the uh, terrestrial limitations uh, where spirits are held captive in lower accelerations of physical bindings and cords of flesh, is actually an imprisonment of the overman of the ovenim, uh, through emerging generations of human habitation. Uh, they are actually bound in the matter uh, of the human body. And that is the Tartaru. That is upper shield. And uh, uh, this is, is, you know, first degree of the states, of the seven states, of the seven circuits. Uh, these uh, chains of, of darkness, uh, this diminishing of uh, spiritual accelerations, uh, this place of, uh, of uh, lost memories, which the Bible des describes uh, as, uh, you know, a, a place uh, of uh, forgottenness. Um, this, uh, this whole thing is the first degree. And the second degree uh, is called lower shield, uh, S-H-E-O-L. Uh, it is a place of physical death of the human body house. Uh, it's the first death. Now, if you if you lived and then regenerate and came back, and uh, or let me say that again, if you died and then regenerated and came back and then died again, and regenerated and came back and died again, uh, and you still had not finished the Abraham bosom, you still had not uh, been able to. Um, uh, to fulfill the Abrahamic covenant uh, that offered you a time and a chance uh, until you reached that hundredfold place where, where you finished a 70, 80,000 year opportunity. Uh, uh, then uh, as long as you are in the Abrahamic bosom, every time you die and live again, that is all happening in the first death. That is not the second death. It's only when you are finished with that and then you are adjudicated as not being acceptable uh, that you enter the second death. And that is really, really important to understand. Now, the third degree is called uh, by some upper Hades, but it's also known as lower paradise. And uh, that, is, that is important. Lower paradise or Abraham's bosom, it is the sleep the place of spirits that have not yet overcome the Tartaru and are waiting to rebound to the emerging, uh, emerging generations again. And, uh, you know, that is called, uh, you know, uh, 
a lower paradise. That is not where Paul went. Paul went to up to third par third uh, heaven, third paradise. Uh, and uh, so there's a lot of teachings that uh, we'd like to do on that someday. Uh, we'll see when we have the time and when we have the opportunity uh, for being able to do that. But uh, but uh, when Jesus was on the cross, uh, you know, he says, um, this day wilt thou be with me in paradise. And then the Bible shows us that he went down uh, and, for, and, and during uh, this period of several days, he preached uh, to the spirits uh, that were uh, sometimes disobedient during the flood. And, of course, there was other spirits there. And this was this, uh, uh, this place that we're talking about, uh, Laurel Shield, uh, which is Abraham's bosom. And uh, he went there and, and he ministered uh, to these people because they still had the opportunity to rebound. And uh, they, they still had not finished having all their time and all their chance. And uh, it's a beautiful thing when you understand it like that. Now, the third degree, um, as we said, uh, being upper Hades, uh, no, also known as, as lower paradise uh, or Abraham's bosom, uh, is the sleep or the place of the spirits. And as I said, that have not yet overcome the Tartaru, and are waiting to rebound to emerging generations again. But now let's compare that to the fourth degree, which is lower Hades. It's also the sleep. But instead of it being a place of, of those that are emerging generations uh, to, more toward overcoming, this is a place of degenerating spirits that are becoming more degenerate by their sins during their courses and cycles in the Tartaru burnings. The fifth degree is upper Gehenna. Uh, in the literal sense, this was uh, great uh, stretches of garbage dumps that were constantly on fire and burning, uh, but it had a, uh, a a use by Jesus uh, in in the sense of how it it was uh, a representation of a kind of hell. Uh, it is the judgment hold of condemned spirits waiting for their final judgment of the second death, the chambers of death, the place of mental anguish. And the torment of the burning fire. This is when people have have used up their chance. They are now standing at the second death. Uh, they are basically garbage. They are debris. They are garbage. And that's why they are compared to the Gehenna. Because these people are not going to be rebound. Uh, this is the fifth degree. It is the Gehenna judgment. Those spirits uh, are going to enter the second death. And then that is going to be the end. Now, people say the end. You know, when we say uh, someone is going to suffer for eternity, if this person that is suffering in their affliction of conscience because of the things they did wrong and because they refused for, for salvation uh, and, they, and they cease to exist after uh, a few moments or after uh, a, a few days or whatever, that effect that happened to them would still be an eternal effect because there would be no provision for them to ever come out of, of that state that they, they uh, fell into. It, it would be an eternal effect or effect, whichever way you want to apply to it. Uh, there is a sense in which both of those terms can apply. Uh, so when we talk about something eternal, yes, it's eternal in the sense that 
that once you fall into that that hole, uh, it is the end, and and uh, there is no return from it. And although you cease to be, uh, the effect is eternal, and so that is eternal uh, suffering because there is no way back out of it. Now this idea that that God, the, whose name is love, is going to uh, have people suffering uh, for forever and ever and ever, and uh, <clears throat> the saints are going to come to the edge of this hell and look down and see people suffering and somehow get some kind of, uh, of advantage by seeing all this suffering and, and that it never can end, <clears throat> it goes on from eternity to eternity. That is 100% bunk and, and it is a disgrace uh, that, that uh, is going to be changed. Uh, the, the manifest is, is going to bring a word out against that from which that kind of teaching is never going to recover. And uh, uh, I hope that you people that are listening out there will understand this because those ideas cannot come from a God who is love. And, and uh, many of these ideas uh, that have, have been put in there are by translations, by people who were translating, and, and by overseers of the translators who could not understand it to be any different than the superstitious, paganistic uh, uh, way that they had looked at it. And, and uh, so those are, those are you know, just the way that it is. Uh, the seventh degree is the place of upper paradise, third heaven, the abode of spirits that have overcome the burning of Tartaru but have not yet received their regenerated forms, uh, regenerated bodies. Uh, the abode of bodies of the phototransitioning angels. And there you have, you know, the seven different uh, circuits, seven different states uh, that are all part of the revelation. Uh, people say, oh, well, that sounds different than the hell and the death that I understand. Well, that's why I'm here, to try to help you. You do know that the Bible does say that the day will come, that hell, for whatever it is, and that death, for whatever it is, will be cast into the lake of fire. And, and uh, so you can see that this hell, for whatever you think it is, and death, for whatever you think it is, uh, in a quite different manner, is suddenly being rooted up uh, for however, however vast that you ever thought it was, uh, and being put into this what's called the lake of fire. Well, this lake of fire is a special term that has to do <coughs> with the, <coughs> the closing of the universe. When the Bible says that finally the time will come when, when um, all of the stars of the heavens uh, will begin to roll together and it will come to uh, uh, all the heavens will roll, roll together and, and everything will come into this incredible density, uh, a super black hole beyond any belief. And this is where hell and this is where death will be bound. There will be no consciousness there. There will be no memory there. Uh, that part about people that are in uh, a kind of hell <coughs> refers to those that are still in the Abrahamic covenant, uh, are still in Abraham's bosom. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> it is there in that Abraham's bosom that they're able to talk back and forth uh, over the cough. Uh, it is there 
uh, in uh, that state uh, that those kind of things uh, and realizations can go on. Uh, <coughs> but uh, uh, in the final uh, <coughs> purgation zone, I'm sorry, getting all choked up again here. Um, did pretty good till now. Um, we have to understand that uh, uh, it, it is a final, absolute place where all those other kind of things, they cease, they end. Consciousness ends, uh, the, the spirit ends, the body ends, uh, and, and it goes on uh, forever, eternally, uh, uh, in that state, uh, but not having any knowledge or memory or because it's like I said, when something ends, uh, it, 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 is, it is an eternal effect. <coughs> but prior to that final purgation, purgation zone, there is purgation zones, uh, you know, uh, that um, are, are sort of like the deep, you know, like of Romans 10, 7. Uh, it's a particular suspended interlude zone of transition in uh, upper Hades. Uh, and uh, it's uh, a place, uh, you know, uh, like also in lower paradise where uh, traumatized spirits who are not able to rebound in regeneration uh, are without a redeemer. And uh, there's just so much of these kind of things to understand and to apply. Uh, the suspended interleaf zone uh, is, yes, a place for spirits called called uh, uh, the sleep uh, and that is because of the neutral vibration state uh, that they are in. Uh, this suspended uh, interlude zone has you know three different conditional phases uh, but <clears throat> I don't want to really carry on with this uh, I think anymore because I think it's just too much information and uh, I'd like to talk about the Kinsman Redeemer. I'd like to talk more about Laura Hades, the place of lost spirits. Uh, I would, uh, you know, like to get more into those things, but I will mention perhaps one other thing here as I'm sort of summing this up and, and bringing this to, to a close. Uh, the Gulf of Separation uh, is a state of the mind, uh, the expanse of spiritual degree that separates the higher accelerations from the lower decelerations and spiritual life from spiritual darkness is a gulf of separation. And that is what is referred to in the scripture where the, where the, uh, the person said, I cannot come to you because there's a great gulf that separates us. So these scriptures all have application. They all have meaning. They all, have a, they all are needed to be understood. Uh, but uh, what is very important in our understanding these things uh, is our believing that that God is just, that God is love, and that many of these things that are spoken of in the Bible <coughs> uh, are oftentimes, most times, spoken uh, by, by uh, prophets, leaders, priests that are representing God. Some of these people, uh, even at the time that they were representing uh, God, Moses, David, uh, you know, they were pagans. And uh, Moses thought nothing of uh, turning against the Midianites, even though they were the ones that gave him a place to stay 
and protected him when the Pharaoh was, was looking for him. Uh, but he thought nothing of uh, giving the order to, to his uh, high priest, to some of his priests, to just go in and, uh, and uh, put, put uh, uh, you know, swords uh, uh, through them and, and kill them. Uh, they, they're paganistic uh, 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 type of, of, uh, of uh, mentalities that they still had in the process of overcoming. And they were representing God the best way that they, they uh, understood to represent God. Uh, they understood God in a sense, but not in the sense of the power of God's full disposition of, of love, uh, of the God of light and the God of love. And uh, that is so important that you understand that. That is so important that you understand that when it says God did this or God did that, that is people speaking uh, representing God that are saying that. And and uh, uh, I could give you so many scriptures for that if we had the time. In the course of uh, the future, I will give you scriptures for that. Uh, God help me to do so. But we need to understand that. We need to get out of this hate thing and, and out of this uh, living every moment uh, like it's the end of the world is coming because Jesus in the 24th chapter of Matthew taught against that. Uh, he taught that he taught that w that we were not to be troubled with these things that w that would be coming on the earth on a regular basis. You'll always have the poor. You're always going to have earthquakes because of the nature of, of how of the core of this earth and how the earth is made. You're always going to have a famine and war. Uh, that's always going to have, but it is not the end. Just because you have those those uh, terrible uh, exercises. Of, of hatred, it doesn't mean that that is the end of things. There is a long span that has been given uh, for people as humans to overcome their beastly nature, to overcome their hate, to overcome their sinfulness. Uh, and, and, and God is merciful and God is love. And God backs away. Uh, God, does not, God does not judge. And that's why through Jesus he said we were not to judge. And he said, if we did not judge, we would not be judged. He's not going to tell us one thing and do another. Somebody says, oh, yeah, but I can show you the scripture. You can't really show me any scripture like that because I, I know every single scripture like that in the Bible. And I know its, it's root and its associate meanings. And I know its contextual meaning. And, and without having all of those three applications given to a scripture, you cannot interpret it in the verse or in the spot that you are reading it or even in the, ch in the chapter or the book that you are reading it, because the scripture is given by the Holy Ghost, and, and, and it has a contextual meaning, and, and there, is a, there, is made a ver there is made a capability of these scriptures to be understood in the sense that they have been given as to what degree of it is charged with Holy Spirit anointing, and what degree of it is as represented by someone whose intentions were good, but who was limited by the degree of their understanding. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we, we love you. Uh, we know that God is love. We know that uh, God uh, wants to heal. Uh, I want to take this time right now to go into Gentile. Uh, I, I would like to, uh, to uh, take this time... Um, uh, you know, to to do some uh, a special prayer. Um, so if uh, if you uh, will just be here listening, uh, what I want to work on today is hypo 
uh, thyroidism. Uh, it is a case where uh, the um, body gets uh, low in the secretions uh, of the hormones that it needs for function. And I want to, uh, to uh, help you uh, with that. Um, I also plan to uh, deal with um, uh, dopamine uh, as a neurotransmitter uh, uh, for particular uh, uh, purposes for any of you people that are having problems with uh, men that are having problems with any kind of uh, prolactin uh, excess uh, or other kind of problems along that nature. Uh, as a result of um, uh, the uh, low function of your uh, thyroid. <clears throat> okay, so this is hoping that you are ready. This is hoping that you are ready to receive this this uh, power of God and this healing, uh, because I'm going to tell you, this is a particularly powerful, powerful one right here. Uh, here we go. Uh, hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary to the hypothalamus to the thyroid, uh, signal go forward to the pituitary gland and uh, begin to release the needed substance uh, to stimulate the thyroid function. Um, uh, send the uh, signal uh, to release thyroid secretions uh, and uh, release them into the bloodstream uh, uh, so that the pituitary a gland uh, can get the message of the degree 